What's up, guys? Welcome to Made for Profit, a podcast where we talk business in the shop and help you monetize as a maker. Each week, we'll cover the topics most important to you from marketing and selling your products to winning on social media and everything in between. I'm Brad Rodriguez, a part-time content creator running Fix This, Build That, and my co-host John Malecki is a full-time furniture maker running metal and wood custom furniture. Over the past few years, we've seen the value of bouncing ideas back and forth, and we want to bring you into the conversation and help you grow along with us. Welcome to episode five. Today, we're going to be talking about something that we all struggle with, time management. How do we get everything done with a million things to do? And John and I are going to share some of our tips, what's worked for us, and also some of the ways that we fall down every day. And on the heels of that, one of the things that we've gotten from several people is people keep asking about Patreon. And so we are also excited to announce we have launched the Patreon page. So we've got that set up. It is over at patreon.com forward slash made for profit. You can go there, check it out. We'll also obviously have a link in the show notes to it. Uh, But what we want to do, we want to make sure that we're adding value through this. So some of the things that we're going to do, we're launching a few different levels and we might add on later. What we want to do is bring you guys in and see what you're looking for. Uh, So to start off with um, all patrons, they'll for one thing, you'll get recognized at the beginning of the show. Uh, We will love to call out your name, recognize you as a new patron when you come on board. Uh, Also, you're going to get bonus content. So what we want to do is start answering some email questions, um, and that will be in some bonus content just for the patrons that we will launch over there and host on our patron feed. So that's something we're really excited about to be able to answer some one-on-one questions because we're getting a ton of them flowing in. And that'll be a great way to make sure that your questions get answered, uh, and it's going to be pretty cool. But the other th- cool thing that I think we're really excited about, right, John and I were mm-hmm. talking about this, is is what can we also give? And one thing that you know we kind of have some expertise in here is Instagram. So what we're going to do is for our second level tier, we're going to do a bio review. So we'll go, you say, give us your name for Instagram. We will go in there and just give you the down and dirty, no holds, uh, no holds barred and just give you what we think is going well, how you can change it and just give you a quick review of your bio and tell you what we would change in it. Uh, at the top tier or our third tier at this point, what we're going to do is review your entire feed for the last you know, 15 or, or 21 photos that go down there um, and look at your whole feed, tell you what we think about it, what's looking good, how you can change things. And actually, just as a little teaser, we're going to actually give you a little sampling. So uh, somebody's going to get their bio reviewed on air and they don't even know about it. So what about that? Nah, what do you think, so, John? <laughs> yeah. And, and, and as Brad said, we want to provide as much value to you guys as possible. And a lot of the questions we've been getting since dropping our Instagram uh, three-part series was on stuff exactly like this. Hey, hey, guys, can you check out my feed? You know, what do you think about my bio? I made some changes, all that kind of stuff. We want to, we want to make sure that we're doing it. Uh, you know, a very specific, diligent job of getting you guys uh, proper information. So we're looking forward to having you guys over on Patreon and we appreciate every single one of you. So make sure you check it out. Patreon.com forward slash made for profit. Absolutely. So we'll get into the what we're working on. John, what you got going on, man? I've been watching the vlog. I know what you're doing. Oh, yeah. I got um, 
I got a pretty decent sized reclaimed dining table I've been working on. Um, if you guys want to check that out on the vlog, I got the uh, the tabletop's been giving me a hard time. It's reclaimed white oak, which is Always super fun hard. To work with. <laughs> <laughs> and I have no idea how this this stuff held up a house because it is so twisted and it's so not straight. But um, working through it, a couple little issues, uh, and you can see those on the vlog if you check it out. But I got the the base, you know, glued up. Uh, took yesterday off for the fourth. Back in the shop tomorrow, gonna crush it, uh, get that whole build wrapped up, and and uh, yeah, that's that's what I got going on this week. What are you working on, brother? And possibly best thumbnail of the year, your uh, <laughs> part one point five. <laughs> you should go look at that just for the thumbnail. Oh uh, yeah, I, I, I took a screenshot of myself, and it's quite flattering. You guys will yeah. see that. So over here, uh, I just jumped into a small closet storage hack is what I'm calling it. So basically I am taking a small under the stairwell closet and adding some storage to it. And it, it, it's actually something I, I've done. And then I'm basically redoing it and doing a video for it, um, which won't come through on the video. So that's just a little secret between all of us here at Made for Profit um, <laughs> <laughs> because it's it's done very, very well in different some different places. And I wanted to get a video for it. So uh, I'll have some more details on that. But yeah, that's what's going up. And I also I'm going to be doing some uh, collaboration. So I'll talk more about that next week, but I'm pretty excited the next couple of days. I'm going to have some folks over and we'll see how that goes, but it, it should be pretty fun. That's awesome, man. I, I saw that storage hack, um, on your original, the original blog. Page. It's, it's, a, it's a cool one. So keep your eyes peeled guys. Absolutely. All right. So today we are going to talk about time management. And I, I mentioned it there in the intro. This is something that I know everybody struggles with. Um, typically when I have folks, join into my email list. And when they, when they come into the, the fix this, build that family and team, I ask them what they struggle with the most. And the responses that I get by far the most are time and money. Uh, and obviously <laughs> we're, we're addressing the money part with this whole podcast. So hopefully you're going to get that as we go along, but, but time, everybody always says, I don't have time. You know, I, I work full time. I have uh, four kids, you know, I've got a full time uh, gig plus this side gig, you know, plus whatever else I've got softball league, all those things that we all deal with. Everybody's got their own things to deal with, but there's never enough hours in the day. So we want to just share with you what we do. And, and personally, I'll just jump in here. Uh, I struggle immensely with this because uh, this is a part-time gig. So it is hard, very hard for me. So I work full time. I've kind of walked through it in one of the earlier episodes, but uh, also I'm, I'm married, have three kids, young kids. And so the time at the shop is, is not a lot. I get, you know, at best three hours a day, and that would be between basically nine and midnight. So I have to be on point. And the way that I do that is I usually do to-do lists. So that I'm a big checklist kind of guy, right? I like having things down there. And also I, I try to get them small in the sense that you can get small wins. I don't know if you do the same thing, John, but you know, instead of saying, Hey, for today, I'm going to get this entire base done. Like maybe I'll say, Hey, I'm going to cut the joinery on the base and then do the glue up on the base or, you know, whatever those things are so that you make it kind of bite size so that you can have some wins there. And I'll make a list of what I need to do for the day. And I'll try to put a few things at the top that like, these are my must haves. I want to make sure that I get these things done. And if I can get these things done, then at least I think I'm winning for the day. Uh, do you use checklists, John? 
I do. I do. And I picked up that habit after I read the book and we'll leave a link for it. Uh, the book's called The One Thing. It's by Gary Keller and Jay Papson and um, Papson, I think, something like that. But uh, either way, the book talks about, you know, it's essentially you know, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? The checklist concept dives into that that whole concept of, you know, just getting parts of the final project done. Um, so I try to do something similar. Um, if I'm doing office work, I'll sit down, I'll write a checklist on everything I want to get done. Um, and then it doesn't seem as demanding for me, um, over the course of my day. And you know, if it's super specific, I'll block time specifically for it. And then I do something similar in the shop. When I get in, this is what I want to get done on the day, cross it out, um, and, and go through that. Those little wins that you can get and, and the fulfillment you get by just crossing something off Absolutely. a list subconsciously, it you know, helps you to, to achieve goals. Um, so yeah, the checklist concept is definitely, definitely a big one and definitely one I suggest for anyone struggling with any type of management or time management problems. Absolutely. Yeah. Two things. One thing that I love about John Malecki is he's always got a good book recommendation. So <laughs> when, when you when you got headphones on for 12 hours a day, you listen to a lot of books. He's he's a big Audible guy. And uh, yeah, Crush Audible. We'll get, yeah, Audible as a, as a sponsor down the road. Um, but uh, yeah, I love Audible. And, and one other. So the second thing would be a, a hack. I don't use it, but I've heard it and I see the merit of it. But some people, what they'll do is the first thing about a checklist is make a checklist yes. so that right when you're done, you check it off and you've already got that one win. And it's it's like, you know, Tim Ferriss has said, like the five things he does in the morning, like one of them is just making his bed because you get it's like you make exactly. your bed super simple yeah. and you get a win under your belt. So same thing. But, yeah, those checklists, too. And one thing also that I do, John, if I'll do the checklist, but I I'll have other things that uh, like I, I said, my top priorities and I keep my checklist in my pocket. I just fold it up. And then a lot of times I'll get to the end of the day and I'll, I'll see this. And like we said about, you know, failing, like sometimes I don't even pull the dang thing out all day. Yeah, and so no. I'm like, oh, yeah, I forgot about this. So what I'll also do is I use Google Calendar. And if there's something really important, uh, I will make an event. So it will come up and it will have a notification on my phone. Because one thing that I do a ton that most of us do is I look at my phone way too much. And so if it's on my phone, then I'm going to see it. And, and I've used some of the checklist apps and stuff, but none of those never stuck with me. So I do, when I do my checklist, I do it on pencil and paper. Um, but the, the Google calendar and I'll set it up for an email. And also then if you miss it, if you lose that piece of paper, it's still in there, right? So at least that's in your calendar and you can see that email that it sent you as a notification an hour before or five minutes before, or however you set that up. So that's another thing I use in tandem with that is my Google calendar for really important stuff that um, I want to make sure that I get reminded of. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I had a coach tell me when I was playing ball uh, and he had a big sign in the room in our defensive line room was that you forget 80% of what you don't write down. So when you go to pen and paper for your checklist, that concept of, or that, excuse me, that physical writing of the yeah. checklist, it's actually subconsciously supposedly um, something that your, you know, endorphins in your brain or something enjoy. So uh, interesting because I do the same thing. I tried all the apps. I tried to do all the, you know, management software and stuff. I'm still trying to work on that, but yeah. Um, for me, you know, pen and paper, it's, it it's works much better and it's much easier. I carry a field notes notebook in my back pocket all day long with me for note taking and stuff. And I'll throw a checklist in there. Um, if I got a ton of things to do and, and that's how my little reminder is I, uh, 
I constantly sit and break the pen in half, though, because I'm not small. So if any of you guys got a good pen <laughs> suggestion that I'm not going to snap in half, um, yeah, leave us a comment or, or throw, throw that to us. But yeah, dude, same same thing there. And, I, and what I love that you touched on was the use of Google Calendar. Um, I know we're both big on the G Suite and Google Suite for business, but the Google Calendar is something that's been around for a long time, and it's really, really easy to use. I actually use the Keller coding concept on it. Um, for myself. And then I also use a concept that I learned from my business coach, Sean Van Dyke, um, on block scheduling. So uh, same idea as you said of having on your checklist, the the written down words, make a checklist, <laughs> is uh, me, I have on my schedule every Monday, a scheduling meeting with myself for the week. It's on there. Yeah. It's every week. It repeats 9am. I sit down and I go over my week and write down everything that I have going on when I need to get done deadlines, client calls, you know, Skype interviews, podcasts with Brad, phone calls with Brad, you know, hangouts with Brad, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> but no, you, you, if you take that little 30 minute block at the beginning of your week and you schedule out um, what you want to get done for the week and put it even in a vague way on your calendar. It helps your mind go and try to achieve those goals. Cause then, you know, you know, Oh, Thursday afternoon I, during lunch, I have to make a phone call to X person because I got whatever client job going on or, you know, Tuesday night we have to, uh, we're recording our podcast. So, you know, I, well, I got to make sure that I'm not planning dinner meetings or if someone wants to go do something, I, I, I can't, you know, I got to cancel that out. And those little things help you stack wins, uh, especially when it comes to time managing. My problem that I run into a lot is I've got so much going on with all of the stuff that I dump on myself um, that I, I tend to get lazy about it. And, you know, it's very, very easy to just skip that 30 minutes, go through your week, try to put out fires and stack wins and then forget to do half the stuff you wanted to do because you never read yep. it, wrote it down. End of the week, you get caught up like, oh, crap, I forgot to call the ex person back that emailed me or left me a you know, a message to, to, to hit him up. Um, all you got to do is throw a little task or a reminder on that Google Calendar, and there's a little box there. You can drop it on whatever day you need and just look at that in the morning. Uh, they have a great app on the phone. I mean, every, everything there is easily accessible. Um, so that's, that's one little thing I do every week is that scheduling meeting with myself, regardless of what's going on, if I'm exhausted or if I'm busy, sit down, have a coffee, take some time, get my week locked and loaded, ready to roll, and I go try to punch that thing in the face every week. Yeah, and and I do love Google Calendar because I do the same thing, obviously, with um, you know things that are locked in my week, right? So the podcast, like you mentioned, uh, sometimes I'll have calls with other uh, creators and other bloggers and just friends on business calls that are standing calls that I'll have. Um, it could be biweekly or once a month or whatever that looks like. I'll put yeah. those in there. But the other thing that I really like about Google Calendar, and, and I'm sure there's other apps as well. This is just what we use. But the nice thing about Google Calendar is that my wife used, so I have three, I guess three accounts now, right? I have a personal account. Mm -hmm. I have the fix this, build that account. And mm -hmm. now we have the shared made for profit account. Oh yeah. And oh yeah, that's right. And so, the, and they all have drive and they all have their own calendar. But the cool thing is, is what you can do is in there, you can request for different accounts to show up on your calendar. So on my personal calendar, I, I drive everything off my personal calendar on my phone because that's what my phone is linked to. And I have my wife's calendar. I have my business calendar, my personal calendar, and now I have the made-for-profit calendar, right? So whenever I have something, when you think about uh, 
you know, like exactly like what you said, like somebody calls me or somebody says, Hey, are you good for, uh, you know, a call on whenever I'll go in there and look and I can see all those different people and I don't have to go in and manually enter them when they enter it on their calendar, it will show up on mine, which is really cool. Yes. And it's, it's color coded, just like you mentioned. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I got my wife and like, you know, pretty in pink or something like that. John, you're fuchsia. No. Yes. Fuchsia really brings out my eyes. Uh, it does. It does. It's a good color on you. So, yeah, I think the Google Calendar is a great application. If you're not using it, if, if you have, um, and, and I'm sure there's probably an Apple equivalent of something like that, I would imagine. Um, yeah, it's iCalendar for Apple. It comes standard on iPhones and on your, on your Mac. Okay. Um, I just, they do have great um, cloud capabilities now for Mac. Um, I just have used Google because it is, it's super simple and seamless across whatever you're doing right? and you can access it on anything. But yeah, there's, I think iCalendar works great too. Yeah. But I think, you know, Google is, uh, you know, in that sense from the G apps, the G suite um, is much more ubiquitous in the sense that almost everybody's got a Gmail account, right? I mean, even if they're a huge Apple user, they're going to have a Gmail account. So it's a lot easier that way. So yeah, I, I think that's a great, way from uh, management of software. So now why don't we go another step, John? So that's kind of general overall personal time management. Um, How do you manage a project? So let's say you've got, uh, your projects tend to be big builds. So you're, you know, you're probably just doing one build at a time, the big ones. Like how do you manage it out as far as how long it's going to take? And then when do you schedule it? So, This, (laughs) this, <laughs> I'm laughing because this was a massive discovery process for me. Um, I mentioned my coach before, but this is the kind of stuff that, you know, it, there's reason there's experts out there. There's reason there's departments in, um, in, in businesses that handle a lot of logistics and, and time and, and management and stuff like that. So for me, I, you know, come from a background where I was handed an itinerary literally every single day of my life for seven years and told where to go, what to do, <laughs> when I could go to the bathroom, <laughs> what I was eating, when I was eating, where I, all that stuff. Um, and so my mind works very well off of an itinerary. Wake up at this time, breakfast at this time, you know, meetings at this time, build at this time. So for me, I try to incorporate what I know and what I'm comfortable with into how I manage projects. Um, during that scheduling meeting I have at the beginning of the week, I'll know what I'm working on and where things are at. So what's tough about what I'm doing is that I have no training in it (laughs) and I'm super, I'm not super disorganized, but I'm not a organized person. Um, so from picking the brains of other makers and other pros and, and other business people, I've kind of found that the way I like to manage projects is, Uh, I'll have at least two to three going on at a time and that'll be anywhere in the funnel. I have a big board in my shop and I'll have, um, where a project stands marked on the board. So when I say, you know, manage the project that, that could be the, um, the client discovery process and drawings to the material ordering, the delivering into the build process into the, then out to the delivery and, um, or installation. So all of that I have written down on a big board in a sheet in my shop. Uh, and so I can visually look at it and know, you know, Oh, I got project A's at this B, C, D, D, E, blah, blah, blah. But for the project specifically themselves, what you have to do is if you're trying to properly price and sell goods, this is something that like we've been getting hammered with questions on cause it's important. But one key to properly pricing your stuff is having a good estimate on how long things take you. So if you're doing, you know, say a dining table or a coffee table and you don't know how much time that takes you, 
because you've never done anything to keep track of how long the project is, your pricing's probably going to be off. So yeah, for me, I shoot in the dark. I, you literally are. And for me, I know it takes me two hours roughly to mill stock and glue up for a tabletop. So when I'm building out my project, pricing one from the beginning, that's where I know uh, I have it all written down in a pricing spreadsheet that I that I have for each client. Uh, you know, <laughs> well, um, breakdown, mock up. It goes into uh, you know the fab parts or finish uh, delivery, all those little parts that are in there. Um, yeah, are written down, and then I estimate the time I need for it on what I know and what I've done in the past because I've kept track of it. And then when I go to my scheduling, I already know. Okay, I need to block two hours out for this three hours out for this. And then I can go and put those parts in, in my scheduling meeting. So tomorrow per se, I know I have five hours blocked on my day for the joinery of the table base. Um, and that's going to be, you know, the, you don't have to write it all down, but I just know I have a block table base. And then I know what needs done in there in my head. What this does is creates a system for you to manage that project specifically one, but two, say if you ever need help or you need a hand or you're bringing more people on, those are the little processes that are easy to teach. So when it comes to time management, it has to start from the beginning. You have to look at a project and know how long things are going to take you. Or you can get, when you get to the back end of it, you get caught up and realize like, man, that was double what I thought it was going to be. And why was that? Oh, I squeezed an hour here, four hours here, one hour, 30 minutes here, five hours here. Buddy stopped in the right. shop. We drank a six pack and I, you know, got completely distracted. <laughs> but that stuff happens. Like that's the real life. You hit an emergency and what's great about Google Calendar, going back to it, is you can take those blocks that you're scheduling and move them around on your calendar really easily to know right. like what days and what type of stuff you're supposed to be working on. So if I was to make a suggestion for you guys to get better at managing time, start with blocking out uh, moments of your week for specific things you're doing. If you're guys like me and Brad, and this is something that you and I are con- – I know I struggle with a ton and just from our conversations constantly trying to win with is – Finding time for shooting, editing, distribution, and all the back end that goes into the content parts of the business too. Because those are things you can underestimate dramatically yes. and they will come back to bite you hardcore when you're yep. on your computer at 1.30 in the morning staring yep. at a screen because you had some problem and blah, 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 blah. blah. And then, then it just pushes your whole week back. So when you block things out and you actually hit the blocks and succeed on them, it's, it's really going to help you get your time management skills in line. And this is a constantly evolving process too. I mean, don't think that this is going to solve everything for you. It's just a step in the right direction and you'll come up with your own process as you continue to do little things like this and discover um, what works well for you. Yeah. So I think from, I, I really like the idea of that. And just as a, you know, thinking about a higher level production shop. And when I say higher level production shop, I just mean, you know, if, if you're busting out tables like John makes a lot of ta- he likes makes a lot of the same things in general but, and so he's got a good idea of how long that takes yes. and so if if you're making smalls if you're if you're turning bowls if you're making them charcuterie board or charcuterie <laughs> boards <laughs> then then you know how long that takes you and so the more you do the more you're going to have a feel for that and what's really cool is what I like. So being a mechanical engineer by nature, I've also worked with a lot of industrial engineers. And those are the guys who go into, you know, machine shop or somewhere and they look and they do time studies. And so I've done a bunch of time studies in my professional life. 
um, just along with folks. And one of the things they do, and that you can do it in different levels of details, but exactly like what you said, John, they'd be like, okay, breaking down material. And that's going to be a certain amount of time. So if you're able to, I mean, this is really high level stuff here. Like, you know, we wouldn't expect many people to be there, but if you were at the place where you knew how long it takes you to do a glue up, how long it takes you to stain and finish, how long, and at different sizes. So you could say stain and finish a coffee table, stain and finish a, a dining room table, stain and finish bar stools, whatever those things are. If you record that, like John is saying, and then kind of keep notes on that, what you can basically do is when somebody comes and asks you for a quote, then you say, okay, how am I going to manage this project? One, from time management, and two, from pricing, which we'll hit on hard later um, in a different episode and series, is you can almost make it as a pick list and you can just go, okay, so I'm going to have to break down lumber. Okay, yep, got that. I'm going to do some sanding. Yep, joinery. Yep, got that. And all you do is you drop it in your spreadsheet and then you just sum it up at the bottom and you go, okay, this is going to take about 16. And then, of course, you drop in a big fat factor of 25% or whatever, right? Which is uh, the six pack John was talking about and and all those other (laughs) things that are going to get in your way. So absolutely. I like that from a, from a part-time guy. So I'll I'll flip this back from somebody who's not in the shop eight hours or 10 hours or 12 hours a day. Um, I tend to look at my stuff um, a bit more in nights. So, because that's typically when I'm doing my work. And so instead of saying, Hey, one hour, two hour, I'll say, okay, here's what I can get done in one night or Mm -hmm. um, what I can get done in half of a weekend day or whenever I'm going to be into the shop. So I'll do the same type of thing, except I'm breaking it down uh, a little more. And my work is also tends to be a little more interrupted as well, because being here at the house, my wife might come out and need to ask me a question about something. One of the kids might cut, you know, it's not uncommon for a kid to walk out in the shop at 930 and be like, Hey, it's time to be in bed. What are you doing? <laughs> and those things. So, um, yeah, so I do the same type thing, but I more look at, okay, what do I want to get done tonight? Like I mentioned, and I kind of know, all right, I can get this glue up done tonight. And also that's another thing, especially when you're part-time and you have limited time is think about those things. What are those things that you can do, uh, that you want to do at the end? So I wouldn't ever start, um, start my night with putting polyurethane on a table. No, (laughs) because right then I'm going to put it on there and then like you can't do anything else. Right. Because then you're going to have dust all in your finish and all these other things um, that, you know, it's going to be probably in the middle of my shop. So I will do if I'm going to be finishing, I will definitely try to do something that's not going to kick up a lot of dust uh, because, you know, that's always the best time to finish when you're not doing a big dusty operation. So I'll try to do something else. Maybe it'll be layout. Maybe it'll be, you know, whatever that is that I can figure out uh, joinery, cutting stuff where I'm basically not using my table saw, miter saw or router table, anything that doesn't do that. Um, And I'll put all those things together and figure out, okay, which ones make sense. And also which ones, if I know down the road, I need, you know, okay, today I'm going to work on the base and tomorrow I'm going to work on the top. Um, Do I glue up the top today? Right. Let that dry so that when I'm ready for it tomorrow, after I'm done with the base, then I can switch right back to the top. So make sure you're staging your things. Um, so you don't put two things in a glue up right next to each other. Then you go, oh, Gotta what do I do now? <laughs> yeah. So th- that's that's another that's another aspect of that whole like just knowing your process and, and how your your personal workflow goes. So I know um, if you're working like you work with a lot of sheet goods, um, I know you probably <laughs> as you should uh, break everything down to manageable parts and sizes and then have everything stacked and labeled and then pre-drill and then assemble and then, you know, whatever finish and whatever your next steps are. But those kind of things, uh, let's go back to your, your lathe stand looking at that process. You don't want to go and 
be on the same day assembling the carcass and the top because then when you're done with them, you're going to be standing there not doing anything when, you know, as you suggest, as you said, I would suggest getting one thing into almost finish or finish and then doing the other part. So like I always work top down, I'll build my tabletops because I know they're fast. And if there's a problem there, that's the easiest fix. Um, I can get that whole process done in a day. You know, like I can have everything done right. up and tabletop in a day. Um, and then I'll start working on the base. So when it gets to um, milling down stock for the base, if I'm running short, I, I'm not the, t- the the top's not sacrificed. Or if I need to order new materials and stuff, I'm not trying to do it all together. I'm not gluing up, you know, it's 75 parts in one day. Um, and then, you know, standing there looking at myself like, what am I going to do now? Because I'm out of clamps or because everything's in glue. Um, once that tabletop's out of glue, I can glue up the base and then go and start sanding the tabletop. You know, then right. those type of things, they, they work together. Managing your time to have the little stuff happening works well. I always like to have my next project in a part where it's not kicking up a lot of dust, like you said, when I have the other part and finish. So I'll finish on the big side of my shop if you watch my video with the door open. And then in, over my table saw is at, it's far enough away that the dust doesn't really get over there. Um, so I'm able to... You know, go do some that simple must minor. Be nice, John. It is. So <laughs> open your garage door. So and big. Put your, <laughs> put your put your stuff outside. But no, if you're doing finish on a project, build it to the end of your night, like you said, or to where you can work on other things while doing finish instead right. of standing there for 35, 40 minutes while you're between coats. You know, give yourself an opportunity to work on a shop drawing or make those phone calls you need to order materials for your next job. Uh, you know, get a client interact. Like if you have to go meet a client for coffees, I'll go in in the morning sometimes, get finished, first two coats of finish on a project. And then knowing I have meetings stacked up in that morning and then come back in the afternoon and get three, four on, you know, and then then work on some other stuff. So like you said, just knowing where your projects are, it'll give you a little bit of buffer time in there just because woodworking <laughs> has things that take time. It's it's it's, uh, you know, there's glue ups and and finishing that stuff isn't it's not quick (laughs) yeah exactly and i'm sure with uh some of the other trades and crafts as well they all have their processes that take time so so factor that in as you go so i think we hit that pretty well why don't we talk a little bit about um so i know there's some online tools and and more about the content creation because we both do that right and so we've been talking about making what about the content creation and and i know that you know, as we look at some of the tools we've been um, doing for for the made for profit as well, like uh, I use personally, I've used so I've used Asana, mm-hmm. uh, which is task tracking, you know, as well. And we we tried the Trello thing. We <laughs> Trello is kind of out there. We we lasted for what maybe a week on that. Do we do we make it a week on Trello? <laughs> yeah, I'll take I'll take that there. I'm not a big Trello fan, but yeah, we gave it a shot. That's a that's we a give it tool. a shot. You gave it a shot. So the thing that I like about tools like that, so these are there's a lot of different tools. Basecamp, I think, is another one. If you go out there and look at these tools, the cool thing is, um, and you could do this at, for projects as well as for content, is that you can plan out. So you know, like what John's talking about in his board, that's like in uh, for client orders. But if you have, if you're a content creator, or even if you're just a hobbyist and you want to plan out, hey, I want to plan out what I'm going to do for the next three months. Uh, it's a great way to do it. You can group it into months so you can have a board for one month. Um, I also do this in, uh, go figure, Excel. Uh, so <laughs> I have an Excel sheet where I've got my calendar for every week and that's how I block it off as a week because um, my end goal is to have a piece of content a week, uh, even though I'm, I'm 
far away from that at the moment. But I'll put that out and then stack it up. So then you can also plan and use some of these online tools to plan out your your projects um, and and also to keep it fresh, right? So you could have a small project, then a big project, then a small project like this this closet hack that I was talking about, right? Yep. I made that huge lathe stand, all those stinking drawers. Like that project was pretty involved. Uh, and I was like, I need a quick win. <laughs> so I'm going to go do this. Yeah. And that'll be a lot faster. So that's a good way to to look at that. How do you do your, I mean, because your content is basically client builds. Do you do, do you plan other personal projects? Do you, you know, where do you tie in? I mean, I know you do a lot of run and gun for the shop projects. Where do you tie in stuff that you want to do for yourself or for the shop? So this is actually something I am terrible at. <laughs> I, I Honestly, though, you nailed it. I run and gun and it, it actually bites me a lot. Like, and it's a bad habit and something that I'm working on getting better at. And I mean, we're not perfect here. This is why we have these conversations. And, and, uh, Brad made some very, very good points there. It's like, if I was to just sit down after my 30 minute meeting with myself, and had another 15 minute meeting on creating content for the week, I'd probably be much better at getting stuff out there in a timely manner and using, um, you know, some of the tools to my advantage. So what I try to do is, um, I know that I have, you know, X project going on and I'm going to get that video done. I'll actually block an entire day during my week to be in the office doing content work. Um, and that's something that's worked well for me. It's something that me and my coach have worked on for a long time to get me here. But essentially, I'll know like today was an office day for me. I was on the computer from the minute I could open my eyeballs till now. And that's because I know I can get done a lot of drawings, sketches. We've got we had podcast stuff to get done. I got some website stuff to get done, video editing, photo editing, all of that for me and my personal schedule works really well to block a whole day or a big, big chunk of it of one day and, and get a lot of my content stuff done. Um, so then I'll have backlogged photographs. I'll have right. when I know my videos are going to be posted, when I know I'm going to have to have um, a blog post to go with a video. You know, we post to a lot of blogs outside of um, our personal and stuff like that. You know, you, you yep. have your little checklists there and for all of that fun launch stuff. Launch checklist so, for all your content, right? Yeah. Reddit, Instructables, all those good places. Yep. Yep. So I'll build a whole day. And and there was a point when I had an employee where I was building two days a week for just office stuff. Cause for me, I have to get drawings done for clients. It's that's how my customer acquisition process works is 3d renderings and models for my clients to visually be able to see what they're looking for to scale. That takes time. And I have to schedule that time into my week. A lot of us I know will just be like, Oh, you know, I'll, I'll, pull up SketchUp when I'm watching TV tonight, you know, right? Yeah. <laughs> and you put it on yeah. your lap and then scandal comes on and you're just so bought. <laughs> you're not you're, you're sucked in. So, but if you put an hour in your morning, you know, I got to work on this drawing for an hour and you know, it's probably going to take you four, you know, one hour for the next four days, whatever it might be. Little things like that help me a ton. Um, and can definitely help you. And, and I need to be looking at my content schedule as seriously as I look at my production schedule because you made a great point there. Like, it's not that hard. It's it's easy to do and yeah, execute it's, and it's it keeps you organized. It. And I'm just – I mean I put so much into the other side of it that I tend to let content right. slack, if you guys can imagine. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and, and um, that's one thing I definitely got to get better at. So great suggestion there. Um, another great tool for you guys, and we'll have links for all this, is Evernote. I'm a big fan of Evernote. Yeah. I use it similar to the way you use Trello. Um, yep. you can I create use OneNote. Microsoft has the OneNote yeah. product, and that's the one yeah, I use. I think that's the cloud. Apps, the app stinks. Yeah, they've converted it now. I used to use it on my laptop, but it, it's gotten bad. But yes, 
Evernote yes. is a good one. So Evernote's another one. Check that out. Tons of super. It's super powerful. It works well with a lot of other tools as well. Um, and and yeah, that's a that's something I use for clients as well as content lists projects. Um, right. And then, then what is it? Google Keep. Google um, Keep. Yeah, Google yeah. Keep. Yeah, I, I think I, I like what you hit on there, John, as well. What you, what you brought up um, is an important concept for for both production as well as online content generation, social media, any of this stuff is batch processing, right? Yeah. So the more you can get in a groove, and that's one thing we talked about also is interruptions. So if you're going to be doing SketchUp drawing, it is typically going to be better if you sit down, if you can hammer out two hours or three hours in SketchUp because you're in that zone and versus doing it a half hour, right? Then you get sucked into the show. Then you come back and you go, what was I doing? And did I just, did I just extrude that wall or did, you know, whatever it was is that batch processing when you can take advantage of, of being in the groove and again, in, in production, same thing. So if you are producing pins, you don't grab one pin, make it to completion and then stop, right? You cut all your blanks to size, you cut them all in half, you glue all your tubes then you go turn them all, you know, then you say like, so you're, you're going in the process and then you do, you know, the finish, um, and pens, maybe, you know, the, in the turning and the finish, you're going to do all at the same time. Cause you'll just have to have a different setup for it. But same type thing is that it's easiest to, to batch process. If anything takes, um, a particular setup in the shop or just mind power of being in SketchUp yes. and you, uh, like, I've got my SketchUp hat. When on. you're in the zone, you're in the zone, you know, and you want to take, use that to your advantage. Exactly. Exactly. And so I think that's uh, an important thing that you can do. Same thing with social media. So I'll hit on that real quick because we talked about that as well as the in the Instagram posts is when you're taking the pictures, make sure if you're in there taking the pictures and I've, I've seen some cool comments of the guys being like, I would show you more, but Brad and John told me to string it out. And so they're not doing, they're not sharing <laughs> yeah. all their photos at once. No, but, it uh, they, gives you a reason to come back. But it's so great. Good job, guys. <laughs> it's exactly, but it's great because they've taken the pictures and now they can use that for the next couple of days when they're not going to be in the shop. Yep. Um, and the other thing that I know you hit on, John, um, in our Instagram series is the same thing for scheduling is if you're trying to get to that one time a day or to that two time a day um, posting, then go ahead and put it on your calendar. Put that yep. event reminder, post to Instagram. Oh, post yeah. To Instagram. Oh, yeah. And We've had some great. A huge one. Oh, great. Great comments in the comment yeah, section um, and just uh, direct messages. All I those. I think we've it's got like great. two. Two or three DMs of people literally screenshotting their phone calendars with their posting schedule on it, yeah, which is awesome. awesome. I mean, absolutely love that. Great way to get your mindset rolling for putting out content more often um, and really hammering home with that stuff. So that's another great, great, great point there, Brad. Good job. Yes. Yeah. It's it's been cool. So I mean, I think those are, are great ways to go ahead and use the, the calendars and the events to do that. So um, I think that's something that we just want to hit on and make sure that you guys are, are using something, whether that's an online tool or pen and paper. The key is to just get going, get a process yeah. and stick with it. I mean, is that, is that what you think too, John? I mean, as far as when you, like whatever you find, stick with it, even if it's, you know, cause like I tried to get you to use Trello and you're like, ah, not really my thing. So like yours is calendar, use calendar and Google Docs and keep. I'm going to use, you know, whatever the flavor of the month is, plus a, p- a pad of paper. So <laughs> <laughs> you can use that. And uh, I think that'll be a, a great way to do it. Cool. Well, I'll tell you what, why don't we start wrapping it up here? Because I know we want to do the Q&A question at the end that we talked about. So what are some of the takeaways we can give the folks, John? 
Um, so, so for this week, I'm going to say the heavy takeaways are what we just touched on is creating a process for yourself in order to set yourself up to win when it comes to managing your time. Um, for me, that's the block scheduling concept. I know you said you do something very similar with your evenings. You, you block out a night knowing what you can get done there and then setting up some sort of a, a checklist or something to keep you accountable, whether that's pen and paper, whether you're doing it digitally in iCalendar, Google, Google Keep, um, Evernote, Trello, tons of tools out there. Um, get yourself in the habit of using some way to keep yourself accountable on um, getting things done. It'll really, really help, and it'll it'll give you a li- you'll you'll feel good about it when you're checking stuff off that list. Um, the next part is <laughs> if you're going to get into the content game as well as the production game, get that on your schedule. I'm not good at it. I need to work on it and I'm going to be right there with you guys getting better at the content aspect of it. But have your content schedule set with your uh, regular calendar for production that will help you know when you're putting out, you know, videos, blogs, photos, whatever it might be, even if something's super small, um, it'll make it more of a priority in your head because it's written down now and it's visual on your schedule. Um, And then lastly, we've got it. We've hammered it a few times, but the batch processing Um, whether that's with your scheduling, whether that's with your workload, whether that's with your content is something that you definitely want to take into consideration when you're creating your, your, your workflow for the week. Um, I batch my days into the type of work I'm doing for the project I'm doing. Um, and I know that that is something that's helped me get organized and actually become more efficient and help me make more money. Um, so I think those are three pretty good takeaways on this stuff. Um, and I'm stoked because I think we got a, a great question here in the in the little Q and A section. Yeah, so yeah. Before we you, we hit that, I'm gonna that. absolutely before we hit that. So always with the takeaways, we're gonna have a little bit of homework for you. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So don't let them off, John. We, I, John's the, John's the easy, so he's, the, he's the easy teacher. I know. <laughs> I'm so excited for question and answer. Yeah. So so the the homework is going to be the the pieces of homework I'm going to give you are. Two things. One, for whatever project you're working on, whether you're in the middle of a project or you're just planning your next project, is to go ahead and plan the whole thing out. Yes. And I'll, I'll tell you right now, it's not going to work. You're gonna, <laughs> when you go back, you're going you're gonna to look at the end and go, oh, man, I didn't give myself enough time. And that's part of the learning lesson. So if you're not doing it, go ahead and plan it out. Go ahead and plan out some of the steps as well as the total time you'll think it'll take you. The second part of that homework question is record what it actually takes you. So we're, we're going to use this later on. We'll come back and hit this um, is start filling out and you don't have to be super finite. Right. So if you want to make it, you know, just the build problem, you know, breaking down the lumber construction and finishing, even if you just wanted to do it in like those three super basic areas, you could do that um, or get as granular as you want to. If you're an engineer like me, you can make a spreadsheet, you know. Send it to me. You can format. I use Calibri 12 font. So if you want to send that in um, <laughs> and, uh, and, and do that. So that'll be the homework is, is let's start figuring out how long things are taking us and let's start planning them out. Yeah. So with that, we are going to move into the Q&A. So what we're going to do, this is going to be um, a little bit of a of a patron teaser, if you will. Uh, so we talked about some of the things that we're going to do for our patron supporters. And again, you can check that out um, at the show notes, patreon.com forward slash made for profit. Um, but we had a we had an email question come in and uh, it was from Bruce Ulrich. Ulrich? 
Orange Ulrich. I guess we probably should have asked him that. Bruce doesn't know we're doing this, so hopefully he's okay with it. But Bruce has been an awesome supporter of mine and John's, a, a very active supporter for a long time, um, always commenting on my YouTube videos. Uh, he, he's really been uh, awesome supporter of the Fix This Build That channel. So what we wanted to do is answer one of the questions, but also give you a little teaser of what it might look like for our Patreon supporters. So we're going to answer the question. Um, then we're going to kick in and look at his bio and also look at his feed because that's actually what his question was about. So that's kind of how we went on it. Um, so John, why don't you read the question there and then we'll, we'll kick into the answer. So, so Bruce hit us with um, a few questions, but I thought this one was um, perfect for the situation. He asked, do you think I should totally stop posting photos of my kids, sunset flowers, etc., and just post stuff relating to making and woodworking on my Instagram? I post a lot of other stuff because I've been a photographer for about nine years and I enjoy all aspects of beauty. Um, I found this quite interesting because it's, it's something we've all gone through. Every one of us you know, has been on Instagram for a while for the most part, or, or has used the platform and seen that people, um, use it for a lot for personal, but that when you want to move to the business, you know, how do you make that leap? So, so Brad and I were chatting a little bit beforehand and, um, we thought this is a great opportunity to show you guys what you'll be getting if, um, if, if you sign up for our, as one of our patrons on Patreon. So, Pulling up Bruce's Instagram right now and checking yeah, out. Yeah, so we're we're doing this live. We we looked at this a little bit, but we're show. doing this live on the show. Yeah, not live for you guys. It's obviously recorded. But, <laughs> <laughs> but um, so we are looking at Bruce. So it's Brew Daddy B R U D A D D Y. If you're interested, Bruce has four. I just looked at this forty eight hundred and fifty one posts. Yeah, that's insane. Bruce is a maniac. Bruce, you're, you're a machine, dude. <laughs> I mean, I got like sixteen hundred, and I yeah. thought I had a ton. I mean, that Love is a lot of posts. Yeah, um, and it's lot. because he is. Um, He's into photography, so obviously a lot of these are photography. Um, Bruce has 572 followers. He's following 832 folks. So look, you know, he's engaged in the community. He's out there following some people. Um, you know, his following is, you know, fi- you're getting over 500 people. That's great. Um, he's following more people than he- people are following him. Let's jump into it. So Bruce has got a picture of himself. Handsome looking man there. Uh, nice glasses, Bruce. And it says Bruce A. Ulrich. Um, and then underneath it says maker, and then he's got a, you know, the pipe vertical line, um, maker photographer. Uh, I photograph anything I find interesting. I make videos on YouTube. And so that's two lines. And then he's got bruceaulrich.com. And then he's got a link to, um, what it looks like a YouTube video. So it's a YouTube and I'm going to click on it. Let's see what it is. Uh, and this is DIY industrial bookend. So this would be his latest YouTube video. Um, so let's hit his bio. So what's what's sticking out at you off the off the cut, John? So immediately um, it's wordy. There's a lot of clutter on there. And, and I think you could easily clean this bad boy up by just making separate lines. Now, we talked in our Instagram um, series about not having too much, too many lines on your page. And that pushes it out. Um, but, uh, you know, the maker photographer photograph anything I find interesting. I drop the photograph anything that finds interesting. Um, capitalize maker, drop photographer down, capitalize that, even possibly bullet point it, and then have his YouTube um, username after it says YouTube since he's not linking always to it, it doesn't seem like. Um, and then he has his, his website listed below that. And I think those boom, 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 really clean, crisp, clear, to the point, what do you do? What do you love? What's your, what's your channel? Where can they find you? Um, 
You can add a call to action line in there too, I think, is you know, watch my video, my latest video kind of thing um, with an arrow pointing to the link. That stuff is something that um, you see a lot that, that works decently. But yeah, I, w- I, would, I would get rid of a lot of the wordiness of it and make it just clean, concise points. Yeah, so I'm, I'm going to kind of go on the same line, but a little bit different is that I think what I, because basically he says maker than photographer. Then he says, I photograph anything and I make videos. So basically he's, he's doing one liners about, you know, maker. I would probably do bullet maker, you know, maker of videos on YouTube, right? You could have that maker as one bullet, boom, photographer, you know, of, of whatever he wants to be there. And I don't know, like if you're, so I think John, your feedback, right. is like, boom, to the point, like, let's do this. Yeah. And I know some people like to be, you know, some people like to be a little verbose and they like to put it on there. So, you know, if you want to have some words on there, that's great too. Um, another hack that he could think about to save a line. But so one thing, again, we'll talk about the feed here in a minute, but the bio is part of it is that I can see pretty much two full lines of photos. So I get six photos, which is great. So he's, he's not a business account. So he doesn't have that extra stuff in there to, to push everything down. Um, but another little hack that he could do, it's say, it's say Bruce A. Ulrich. And then he could say at Bruce So he could yeah. basically put his website in his name and save a line that way. And then that way, I totally agree with you. He needs to have a call to action uh, because it's just a YouTube link. And I don't know if I click on that, what I'm going to get, right? No, <laughs> like, exactly. You're rolling the dice. Bruce looks like a good guy. So I'm probably going to click on it. Um, he's probably giving a call to action in that uh, latest, his first post, which is of the DIY industrial bookend. Mm-hmm. But um, if I just landed on his bio, I have no idea what this video is. Correct. So hundred uh, percent with you there. hundred uh, really good stuff. And as you guys see, it can get pretty insightful with the bio. That's why you should put some time and effort into it. And I mean, we could go back and forth all day, but you don't know until you try. So, um, yeah, so, so Bruce, um, we know you're going to listen and as you do, and I hope you, hope you like those takeaways. Um, let's jump down into his feed, Brad. What's initially catching your eye. So I just, and, but real quick on the top. I mean, I think the feed, the, that bio is pretty good. I mean, then versus a lot of feed oh, yeah. you see, I think it's still oh, yeah, pretty yeah, yeah. good. So these, yeah, yeah, what yeah. we're talking about is like, all right, getting like, we're really honing in. Oh, yeah. So um, when I look into the feed, <laughs> so what we'll do is we'll start at the feed, just scrolling through it as you would when you go and look at somebody's thing. So I'm not going to click on any of the pictures just yet. Uh, the first thing I notice is um, that a lot of these have words in the title, mm-hmm. but I can't read them. So um, I know that I clicked on them earlier, but because uh, it's set up so that it's basically his thumbnail, what it looks like for the video. Uh, but like for this, his first picture says I can read how to make DIY in dust book in. So I'm sure it says uh, DIY industrial bookends because I can tell, but I can't read that because of the whole, the one-to-one that yeah. we talked about in the Instagram, right? So you can't, you can't look at that. Um, you know, it looks like he's got a 500 follower. Thank you on for YouTube subscribers. Congrats on that, Bruce. That's awesome. Um, it's got some pictures of the, of some sunsets, which look beautiful. It's got a picture of uh, his son. It looks like here and his family. So um, there's definitely a mix there's definitely yes. a mix of, and that's was his question. That's exactly what he asked, right? Is is I do kids sunsets, flowers, and we, we, it's all right here within the first nine pictures. You've got all of that. Yes, and I mean I, same thing. And by the way, guys, these are very beautiful um, finished shots for the um, the, the well woodworking stuff. I mean, very well, very well done. Great filters, easily readable. They're just sized improperly. So. One thing you need to be doing, all of us that are posting YouTube thumbs to Instagram, is scaling those down, sizing them down, making sure that you have 
that one-to-one ratio because it will squash it and it looks cluttered and it's hard to read when it gets on your feed. Um, same exact thing popped out to me immediately, Brad. So um, it's good that we're on the same page. Um, yeah. And what I would say on that even is what I found more successful on Instagram um, and Reddit is the text overlay doesn't work no. as well. No. Right. And so I would like for these industrial bookends, I would get a really solid, my best one-to-one photo of them. And that's what I would lead with on Instagram. Yes. Yeah. And, and if in, we're not saying don't do it. There's a lot of accounts that do put their text overlay on there, but think about it in the one-to-one ratio regardless. Um, good. Brad makes a great point there. Instagram doesn't like it. Um, I don't, I don't crush it on Reddit. So I have different opinion, but, uh, (laughs) the, uh, but essentially you you put so much time into taking these beautiful finished shots. Um, let's see them, you know, this, the industrial bookend, it's a, it's a really appealing photograph and it's the first one that comes up. Um, if you take the text off of there, I'm sure you get a lot more traction, uh, on it itself. And as you scroll down, like I'm jealous, these pictures are great of his finished stuff. And (laughs) so you, you got some talent there, Bruce, uh, so we just think scale those things down one to one and and clean them up a bit. It'll help that feed. Um, obviously, the next thing I'm going to do is click on the picture. So once I can see the whole photograph, Bruce has got a watermark on there. Um, he's also uh, oh Brad, he's also got <laughs> missing something. Are you noticing what I'm on oh, the industrial Oh goodness, Bruce, photo. where so are the Bruce, hashtags? Come on, man, where are the yeah. hashtags? So besides maybe, maybe he's behind, guys, maybe he's behind on the episodes. Well, we'll, we'll let you slide here a little bit, yeah, Bruce. We'll, but yeah, so we made a, um, <laughs> we made a suggestion and a big one in our Instagram series is, is you want to make sure that you are using hashtags to your advantage. Um, he doesn't have a single one on here and it's probably why the photograph doesn't have as much attention. But yeah. Like, dude, so I, has, I did go back. I just went, I just went back. Like I just went he's back got, though. <laughs> They're probably... He's got retro, he's got retro weld and Jay part at home. So those are some pretty big YouTubers. I mean, John, John has got a very big successful YouTube channel and, and, and retro welds, one of my favorites as well. So people are seeing your stuff, make that, make it searchable, man. Get some hashtags. So I I just went back. He's got another one from June 23rd, improving the shop. And he does have hashtags. So, you know, Bruce was probably running out to go do something and just forgot to hashtag it. Well, we're going to give him a pass. So he's, he is using the hashtags. Um, but what I'll say, so I, I click on the other ones and he's got uh shop maker, YouTube made in Mississippi. MS is Mississippi, I make, right? Yeah. I make, I make work. Um, so yeah, I mean, those are cool. Like I like the made in Mississippi cause that's like a local hashtag we talk about. Right. So he's yep. got some good, he's got some big ones on there. The YouTube, he's never going to make it to YouTube top nine, but it's good to, to bring it in there. But made in Mississippi. Absolutely. He could, he could absolutely get some people searching for that and show up on their radar. So, yeah, I, th- I think this is good. I mean, I think we gave him some good feedback here on those. Um, but what I would do, Bruce, is maybe pick one or two to put in the main and put the rest in the first comment. Correct. So we mentioned that's a good way to clean up the bio instead of having five or six hashtags in the description. Go ahead and put those in the first comment, because as people start commenting, it will disappear. But you'll still get the goodness of the search optimization from the hashtags, which is basically what you're trying to do. Um, and it's what I typically do. I do typically do two to three hashtags and I usually try to make them funny or something. And then I'll use the fix this, build that in there. Uh, and then put everything else down below. You can get up to 30 hashtags if you guys didn't know that. So use, we suggest use all 30 of them. Yes. Um, so, all right, so let, let's skip ahead. So what about his, his question? Let's, yeah. let's get on to his question here. Like about what should I do? Cause he's got his kid. He's got the sunset. He's got the flowers. He's got the woodworking stuff. What are you thinking, John? 
Well, what I would love to see is just more consistency. Now, it depends on what Bruce wants to do with his brand or in general with his channel. If you want to be shooting um, photography, you know, obviously that gives you a very broad spectrum of what you're capable of doing because you can photograph anything. So, um, so filtering and using a similar look on all of your photographs will definitely help. Also finding hashtags that are relevant to what you're trying to do. If you want to sell woodworking, your channel should be focusing on woodworking and and it's, um, you can give a lot of, a little bit of behind the scenes and stuff to your real life and, and everything else you're doing. But you can also incorporate the woodworking with it. So like having the little man in the shop with you, uh, things like that. Um, you see a lot of these guys like DIY Tyler, just watch a couple of his videos. He's got the kids in the shop all the time. All the shoot time. Some stuff with them. And, and it's really, it's cool content. So little things like that. Um, you have the very, very, a very good look. Like I'm, like I said, I'm jealous of it. Great job with the photos. I would Excellent. say try to become more consistent with what you're trying to do. And if, and whether that's going to be woodworking, photography, or, or your YouTube channel. Um, so if you're trying to drive people to your YouTube channel and it's just woodworking, I would hone down, um, clean this bad boy up a bit and, and, and then really go hard at it. Um, and that's like the black and white, uh, of, of, of my opinion on what I think, um, trying to answer your question there. What, what, what are your thoughts here, Brad? Yeah. So I'm along the same lines, John. I think that, um, obviously first and foremost is it is your channel. It is your account. You do whatever the heck you want on it. Yeah. Now, if you're looking for a certain goal, which he didn't really say, he said, you know, should I just do this? Um, he didn't really say, um, here's my goal. Uh, so, you know, that would, that would be helpful to know what his goal is. Uh, but if, like you said, if his goal is to grow his YouTube following and grow his YouTube channel, um, I would probably tone down on uh, the flowers and the sunsets because I think that is, I think those are great to add in, kind of sprinkle it in. Uh, in it's kind of like, it's kind of like paprika. You don't ever want a whole lot of paprika, but you know, it's a nice little, you could put it on there, you know, but too much paprika and then it starts to dominate things. But like, I think it's great because it shows who he is and that, that brings people in. Yes. But if it's, if it becomes, you know, 10 or 20% or of flowers and sunsets, then it's like, well, those people, if you're not incorporating that in your YouTube channel. So if he's also incorporating that in his YouTube channel, then perfect. But, uh, you know, that would actually be a cool outro, man. Like Bruce, like at the end of your YouTube videos, you have like a picture of an awesome sunset or a time lapse. Like that could be your signature. Uh, but anyway, if it's not, then maybe you tune, tone down on it. And, you know, the same thing with your family. Again, that I think it's great to show people who you are and what you're about and, and you know, what you love and what you're passionate about. Um, but I think it's also in when you look at it is how much of that do you want to do? So I do this. I probably do. I do very little of the family stuff. What I do, what I've actually started doing, John, and, and uh, you do, you don't have three kids, but um, <laughs> yeah, I've I seen your, you put your you put your mom in in the stories. The stories yes. is a great way to tell your personal story. And I've I've started doing that a lot more. I mean, it's almost yeah. all personal now and I don't track my builds at all. I'm doing the, you know, the belly flop contest at the July 4th and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which was awesome, <laughs> which was awesome. I know, you know, I, I pulled out the uh, I, I pulled out the man chest, you know, dude, I was like, all right, let's. Let's see the chest hair and the, and the bathing suit. And I was showing stuff like that that I wouldn't put on my main channel. But the stories is a great spot for that. So that might be another alternative. If you still want to share that stuff, it's a great way to do it. Yeah. And I 100% agree. So really good so, stuff. Yeah. And you got to go. I think that's, and, and Bruce, 
you got a great start, my friend. I mean, you're doing a really good job with a lot of stuff, but these are the insights that, you know, we think can help take you to the next level and that our, uh, our patron subscribers, you know, will definitely be able to use to their advantage. So little, uh, that was, that was fun. I like that. My, I'm, Absolutely. I'm, I'm fired up over here. I want some more. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And so obviously we, we spent a lot of time going through that, but we also wanted to, it was more about talking to you about the mindset of how John and I look at feeds and how we look at a bio, uh, you know, we're, we're probably not going to sit there and, and rap on these like that. And, and, you know, I, I don't know down the road, we'll see that. I mean, if people want to hear it, maybe we'll do that as, as part of the bonus content. Um, we'll pick one once a week and do the same type thing if people are interested in that. But as far as what you're going to get, we'll give you those recommendations. So we will say, Hey, here's yours, you know, and we'll, we'll look for their goal. We'll ask them, what's your goal with your channel? What's yeah. your goal with your uh, Instagram account? And we will evaluate it based on that. So yes. I think, I mean, people have been asking for this. And so I think it's great that we're giving it to them. And it's also a great way because obviously we've, you know, great tie in that we're doing this on this episode because John and I's calendars, as we talked, are super full. Um, You know, we want to make sure that we're giving you guys value. And through the Patreon, it's a way that we can also fit it into our calendar because it's something that we're supporting for people that are supporting us. Right. And so that is a way that we can say, okay, I'm going to set time apart because these are folks in our tribe. This yes. is the made for profit tribe. Yep. They are supporting us on Patreon and we're super excited about it. Yep. So yeah, man, that, I, I'll tell you what, man, I'm excited about it. I can't wait to see all the folks that go in there and down the road. We're definitely talking about having uh, other things where we can interact more through Google Hangouts and, and other things like that. Um, and maybe even one-on-one things way down the road. So tell you what, John, this has been a great episode, man. Anything yeah, to man. parting words? Just when you're looking at time management, going back to the main, main, the meat here, it's an ever evolving process and it's not something you can ever set in stone. So just make sure you keep that mindset as you rock and roll on our takeaways and you have an open mind to grow and expand because you're going to pull, you're going to find tidbits of things that work, things that don't pick other people's minds, ask questions, get out there in the community and, uh, and make sure that you are, you know, you're, you're not closed minded because this is something that is always going to be changing for you. Absolutely. And when you fail, which you will, just keep going and learn from it and move on. Keep chopping wood. Keep Keep chopping wood, wood, baby. All right, guys. We'll look forward to seeing you guys in the next episode. So thank you guys for checking out the show. If you'd like any more information, you can head over to madeforprofit.com. We'll have our show notes as well as our email list subscription you can sign up for. There you'll receive tips of the week as well as all of our other actionable content. If you're digging the show, we'd love to get a five-star review over on iTunes and we would greatly appreciate that. If you have any other questions or suggestions, you can email us at madeforprofitpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love any of your input as well as any of your future show topic suggestions. You can hit us up on Instagram at madeforprofit where we will be answering your questions and giving out tips to help you grow on your own social networks. So once again, we really want to thank you guys for tuning in and we will catch you on the next episode.